Now it should be working better. Oh, good, because I can't wait. This is going to be an <laughs> awesome episode. Woo! <laughs> We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. Discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete, and I am finally recording in the comforts of my own home back in Pennsylvania. And I am Tyler Held. I am a professional groom and mental toughness coach, a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation, a practitioner of CrossFit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and meditation, and I am six feet away from Emily in her house. Yes, we are still practicing social distancing here because times are weird. But we're very excited to be with each other apart from each other. Yes, it's great. And we're back to like the comforts of recording together. You know, I think this winter we got our got a taste of how to record in two separate locations, but this is definitely the easier. Yeah, we easier option. The first one that we did, I'm not going to lie, was a little rough, but we had it we had it down by the last one. Yeah, we were getting it. So I just I feel like a lot has happened since our last episode. I think that's an understatement because it's so our last episode was right at about a month ago, yeah. wasn't it? And I just feel like that was ages ago and so much has happened and the whole just our life has changed dramatically. I'm trying to think about what we talked about. I mean, I know our general topic last episode, but I think we are still, you know, talking about showing and we had no idea that we would not be doing that for quite some time yeah you know I actually just watched a really funny video on Facebook that was like your future like yourself right now goes back to tell like you in January what your (laughs) life's gonna be like in three months yeah and it was really she's like I hope you like Netflix like Uh, it was it was it was a little funny thing um but anyways where do we where do we begin emily that that's a really good question well one thing that happened since our last episode was we got an awesome five-star review so that that's good news during I, this. I feel like we should read our five-star review. I think we should. Let's lift everybody up. Although, I think technically it is dated before pandemic happened because I'm sure talking about horse shows is not right. incredibly inspirational right now. But but still. Here we go. It's good, and we need to give this person a shout-out. So. Um, and this uh, this is comes from an eventer in Austin, Texas. And she said, I want to give... A big thanks to Emily and Tyler for putting together this wonderful, informative, and inspirational podcast. I'm a barn manager, professional riding instructor, and trainer in Austin, Texas. This podcast has given me motivation to work harder on my self-care to help me become the best equestrian professional I can be. I feel inspired to reach for higher goals for myself and my business and feel that, yes, it is in fact possible to get there with continued hard work and a positive mindset. I've learned to appreciate and have gratitude for even just the little goals that I accomplish every day. 
It really helps me feel good about myself and what I am doing with my life in the horse business and to not be so hard on myself for not being perfect all the time. I am more aware of how even just the daily work I do is getting me closer to my dreams. I am really able to enjoy the process as well. Since listening to the podcast, I've started setting weekly and daily goals and it feels good to see my progress. I love all of the healthy food options, especially for on the road. I have a new appreciation for sugar snap peas. It's nice to feel more connected to the eventing community. Here in Central Texas, I'm a little isolated and have to travel quite a bit for training for myself and for horse shows. Thanks again, ladies. Y'all have literally changed my life. Thank you. Thank you. And there's a little heart emoji at the end. That is just so cute. That was a fantastic and very thorough review. And I also liked how she said y'all, because that's just very Texan. Yes. So I'm glad she added that in. Yeah. No. um, If you want a shout out on the show, please, please, please leave a review because it just like keeps us going. You know, we we really like reading that and um, yeah, it helps other people find our show as well. So stroke our egos a little bit. You know, just a tiny bit. <laughs> Nothing too much. So what have you been doing, Tyler, during this unprecedented time? Yeah, it's funny. Um, Jenny, um, Jenny's sponsors, we've been like trying to keep up on our sponsor posts. And one of the sponsors thing was like, what have you been doing with like your free time that, since there's no like course shows or like t- lessons or anything like that? And it's kind of funny at to think like how easily time just disappears because I feel like in theory I should be doing less but I'm not you know like I still am going to the barn every day I'm still trying to get my daily workouts in um even though it's been home workouts instead of um you know going to the gym zoom jujitsu class is now a thing which is literally me strangling a gi that's stuffed with a pillow um because you have no person because there's no like I don't have a training partner so I you put like a a pillow and towels in your gi and that does make me feel a little insane but it's been fun fighting with a pillow yeah I'm like literally like trying to like do this move and like pretend it's a person and I'm like yeah like break the arm break the arm and meanwhile there's no pushback it's just it's just a pillow <laughs> I, I named, would like to see that could you please post some videos sure I will I named uh, I named him Alejandro my little training partner nice yeah perfect so um it's been good though you know it's uh I I do I do really miss the gym but something fun that I um I did because I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I feel like I should probably give my body like a little bit of a break. Like I usually am mm-hmm. always going all the time. And um, just the end of Florida there with uh, horse shows picking up got really crazy. And we lost a horse. So that was insane. And uh, but you found it. we found our yeah. horse. Yeah. But she was gone for six days. Um, so it was just crazy times. And I think I just like needed to give my body a little break. Um so I signed up for a subscription to Masterclass, which is like this online mecca of like, here, I'm going to teach you, I'm an expert and I'm going to teach you my tricks of the trade. And I heard about it on um, my Finding Mastery podcast okay. that I like. It's like one of their sponsors, yeah. which, you know, 
Masterclass does not sponsor us, but if they do want to, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, so some of the fun little like tidbits that I learned from there is I watched one um, of Neil deGrasse Tyson on the scientific method and searching for objective truths. Um, and like, like this is like his whole thing is like science, you look for the objective truth. And that's kind of always what I've tried to do with horseback riding. I'm mm -hmm. like, what does it take to be successful in this sport? And I think like it almost unveils my like discomfort for there's not really like a set thing. There's no there's objective no truth. equation to like get to the... Or like also that yeah. for one, and also like if you have it figured out with one horse, it might not necessarily right. work on the next one. Yeah. Do you ever like feel that like you have to do different things with different horses and you're oh, like, for sure. what is the, what oh. is the truth? Yeah, there, there is no, I mean, the truth is whatever works in that moment in your experience, like, you know, it just, it's not. There is no one thing. Yeah, see, no one size fits all. So yes, that can be a little hard to like wrap your head around if you like to have this um, equation that works all the time. Yeah, yeah. So. So I'm gonna let you, you continue. No. Your I, no 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 like oh. not talking your journey with horseback riding, and I'm going to figure out how to help people cope with the chaos of horseback riding. Yes. As a sports like a psychologist. Good, that sounds like a good meet in the middle there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but anyways, a, a quote that I really liked from this masterclass was, as the area of our knowledge grows, so does the perimeter of our ignorance. I love that. It like gave me chills. Oh, because I always feel like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know yeah you know yeah you know, and you know and like sometimes also like you feel like you're getting worse at something like all of a sudden you're like wow like I'm really bad at this and you're not actually worse you're just becoming more self-aware ah uh, yep because you're like learning so then you're like not where you should be yes and nothing's changed other than the fact that you're now aware of your miscomings. That's so true. And I think that can be easily um, applied to riding, right? Yeah. So, like, when you're starting out, it's just, like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you think that, like, just being able to canter is, is great. And then you realize, oh, but now I have to, like, canter and put my horse's head down and stay in the correct position. And then you feel, like, just... A bit overwhelmed because you become more aware of all these other steps but like at the beginning when you don't really know about the next steps yeah well and like I think that like I'm someone who's really good at being enthusiastically bad at things yes and so like when I was going novice I was winning blue ribbons at the novice level on a on a third off the track thoroughbred that I had had since I was 14 years old and like little 17-year-old Tyler was winning Blue Ribbons, and I was like, I did this, I trained this horse, I must be a professional. Um, 
and like looking back at the videos and stuff like that it's just not but if you ask my parents they're like Tyler like you were so good you like you were amazing and they, they try to tell me oh like don't let anyone crush your dreams because like you were so good and I just had no awareness for how much I had left to learn and that was really overwhelming for me at the time but now like approaching things to be like okay yeah like be enthusiastic about like what you're good about now but then also be willing to be comfortable with the process of getting better right that's good I yeah. like it yeah um and then another um master class that I watched is by Chris Voss on negotiation and communication and this guy's like he negotiated like hostage situations oh, and stuff dang. like that so it's actually really fun um to listen I mean, to as long as you're not the hostage yeah, he's negotiating getting the hostage free. I, I don't know where I was trying to go. You're, you're like, Tyler, hostage negotiations aren't fun. Yeah. I think that was the point. That, was the point. that, that wasn't what I was going for. Um, but um, one of the really interesting things that I pulled from that one was he talks about um, thought labeling, which is a topic that we've discussed on the yeah. episode before. Like if you're feeling anxious or depressed or anything like that, just giving your emotions a label help you deal with them better and process them better and he talked about that in terms of negotiation and communication so if you're dealing with someone that you think is coming off as angry saying like you seem angry yes and like labeling their thoughts right helps everything go along yeah that makes sense yeah i bet that was really interesting yeah and um yeah and he also talks about like the whole process of learning and how it's uncomfortable i could geek on for days about the lessons i've learned on master class so far but so check it out i think <laughs> is, what, is what you're trying to say it's worth a, a look yeah instead of watching um like i don't know tiger king tiger king he's watching tiger king i watched 30 minutes of the first episode i haven't watched any of it it's i don't understand <laughs> But I do understand. So I watched it and I was like, horse people are obsessed with horses like Tiger King is obsessed with tigers. Ah, okay. The other documentary that I watched recently is a flat earth documentary. Yeah, so that one was really interesting. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting to see like what people people will go through to just be right, you know? Yeah. They're so tied to their belief because I didn't even realize that there are actually people that think the world is flat. Yes. No, they, they're like completely legitimate. There was a whole like conference for it. And this guy's like, I'm speaking at the world conference for flat earthers. And I was like, wow, this guy thinks he's really important. And then I was thinking about myself and I'm like, yeah. I spoke at the national convention for the United right. States Eventing Association. And so it's just... Everybody has something that's every, important. Exactly. You know? And I guess as long as you're passionate about it and it's not hurting other people, it's good. It's fine. You go, flat earthers, I suppose. Emily, I want to ask you about what's going on in your life, but I also want to add a quick interjection that the purpose of this episode is to entertain you guys because we don't really have a specific topic. Yes, we actually labeled this the Anything Goes episode. Yeah, random random talking points. Yeah. Um, So... 
In case you're wondering where this is going, it's anywhere. Yeah, anywhere, nowhere. It's just like the world right now, unpredictable. Yep, so you're just going to have to keep listening so you see where this journey is going to take you. Don't worry, Books, Books, Books is still here. We'll get to it. Yeah, we're still doing all of our, you know, key elements, but... Okay, Emily, what's going on in your life? Okay, well, um, I started my own business, which, you know, it's really good timing to start it during a pandemic. Like, what what was I thinking? I don't know. I mean, it's working out, so it's fine, but I'm like, who does that? Who's like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, start my own thing during this. Well, you planned it before the pandemic. But it just, like, it started during, I don't know. You weren't, like oh, hey, there's a pandemic, maybe I, like, put the brakes on. Yeah, like, maybe I should wait and see how this shakes out. No, I just went full, full on. Sending it. Um, so that's been fun. I still ride for Philip every day, um, well, Monday through Friday in the morning, which is great uh, because then I'm still riding really nice horses, getting that experience. I love working for Philip and all the um, people in the barn. So kind of the best of both worlds. I get to do that and then have freedom in uh, my schedule like the rest of the day to teach and take care of the horses that are in my program and it's great. I've so far so good. Wow. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, And then another thing that I did recently is I did an interview with the UFEF because they reached out to me. They're doing a kind of a series on the riders that were supposed to go to Kentucky for the first time. Aww. Yeah, and so obviously that's not happening. <laughs> and so they, I think this was a bit of a consolation prize, like, hey, we still want to talk to you. Let's do an um, interview. Yeah, but uh, Glenny, who was the lady that interviewed me, she was really sweet. She was like, I wish, you know, this was under better circumstances, and I was asking you about, like, how you're feeling about Kentucky, but... Um, it was fun. It was a good chat, and there were some interesting questions. One of them was, if Barry had a superpower, what would it be? Oh. And I said flying, because he basically already does that already. I like it. So, And there were some other, other um, good questions, but that should be posted next week when Kentucky is supposed to be happening. So they're going to wow. kind of feature different riders and... I'm looking forward to seeing how it turns out. Yeah. So. You know, I did, I wrote um, a blog post about, you know, Emily not getting to go to Kentucky, which you can find on theholeequestrian.com. And I don't know, like, it's hard. It's hard to talk about, like, horses and goals and dreams right now, like, with everything. Like, guys, like, literally people are dying. This is such, like, a serious thing. And I don't want to, like, not take it seriously. But um, I will say that. On April 10th, when I was supposed to be at Fairhill Horse Trials, and it was 23 degrees in the morning, I wasn't complaining. Yeah, you're like, you know what? That's okay. Um, and, I mean, I, I wish I was showing and competing, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to just have a little bit of that pressure off, and I've found that I'm enjoying riding a bit more. I mean, I always like it, but when... Every day you're not like, oh, I have to get this done because I have this show next week, blah, blah, blah. Like there's just the the stress level goes down and then you can, you know, like in, find the joy again. Yeah. So um, Barry and I are having a good time. 
and uh, unfortunately have nowhere to show off how well he's doing, but eventually. Yeah. When that time comes, like we're, we're coming out strong. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. And then um, another kind of fun and silly thing that I've been doing with my time is uh, PJ, my husband and I have been playing Rummy nightly. So like it's a card game and it's fun because he brought it up. He one night just wanted to play. And then uh, actually when I was growing up, my grandparents used to always play Rummy. So it was fun to like do that again. And so we've got a little tally sheet going and we're we're keeping track of the points because we're a little competitive maybe i should say me because pj was like we don't need to keep score and i was like yes we do i love Even that you're losing I'm emily's losing, losing so losing bad hard. um <laughs> but i was the one that had to keep track of the points but i'm gonna it's a long-term game so like we're playing to a high number of points. Playing until Emily has the until highest number I, of points yeah. and, and then, then she'll like, never play again. That's the winning point. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Um, I just know that that's what's going to happen. Like, Emily's going to finally sneak yeah. ahead from PJ's and be like, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. No, or I'm just going to be like, well, this is the winning number. This is what you play to. Because <laughs> PJ doesn't actually know a lot of the rules. Like, I knew more of the rules than he did, so I think I could probably convince him of that. As long as he doesn't listen to this episode, and then my plan is spoiled. But I hope he listens to this I know. episode. He better be a supportive husband, PJ. <laughs> Come on, PJ. Well, I hope you guys are finding some fun silver linings yeah. to do. So, well, that's what we've been up to. That yeah, was, that was a long segment of what we've been up to. So now we're going to transfer this energy into our word of the year and goals. Yeah. I guess I'll go first. (laughs) Emily's like, I've been talking for a while. I've been talking for a while, but I'm going to keep going. So as you should know at this point, my word is believe. And it was really working wonders when it came to competing. Like it was like I was killing it this year. I had personal bests and like. I was just rocking the yeah. season. So I believed in my word, believe. Anyway. You but, believed past tense. Yeah, I believed. No, but I, <laughs> I'm still trying to use this word to believe in my other abilities. And like, for example, with my new business, like I was a little leery of actually doing it when it came down to it because of this whole situation. Right. But I was like, you know what? It's time. I believe in myself. I've got, you know, good opportunity, good clients that want to be part of my program. So that was a good use of my word. Um, I also feel like I've believed in my creativity more. Like we've started doing a lot more with our social media and like videos and creating these just, I don't know. videos (laughs) well I was trying to think of something better because like it just you know we have our set days where we do set things but exactly what we do is kind of like on a whim right right you know I'm like oh I'm inspired by this and then I make my video about that right so believing in creativity that's that's what what I've got and then um as far as goals go some of them have been put on hold currently mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because of the whole social distancing thing. 
But one thing, I did get my personal best dressage score at a four star, which was on my list. So I got that at Red Hills, and that's convenient because I don't know how many other four stars I'll be doing this year. So at least I was able to cross <laughs> that off yeah. before I ran out of time. And then the other thing I've been good at is posting to social media every other day. And I think we've actually been going above and beyond with that. Yeah, So I do too. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? Well, my word for the year is connection, and it's really difficult. I, I actually realize that I have nothing written down in this part of our episode outline. Um, so I'm, I'm on the fly here. Connection. How do you stay connected to people that you cannot see? Thank you, Zoom. <laughs> um, no, it's been good. Actually, um, I'm going to tie in my connection and one of my goals at the same time. Um, because one of my goals was to invest more in my current relationships instead of trying to form too many new ones. Because, like, I just love people. And, like, I love meeting new people and, like, talking to them. But I find that, like, a lot of times I just, like, end up with so many, like, different people that I'm constantly meeting. And I'm like, oh, like, we can be friends. We have something in common. And I don't really, like, put the deep work into, like, a few core relationships Mm -hmm. but I think actually this time has kind of helped me with that because I'm like okay like well like who are my important people that I'm gonna like spend the time to zoom call or you know Emily and I being six feet apart from each other and um in our house and everything like that so um I feel very connected to Emily I feel very connected with my community from um, my jiu-jitsu gym they've like really come together and I feel really really connected um, with the girls that I work with right now as well because you know we kind of all we had moved up north like amidst this mm-hmm. um, and so we were kind of like we're not really sure what it's going to be like in Pennsylvania like we're not sure what we're going back to and um, we've all just had each other's back through it and that's really important um, Another goal that I'm thinking about right now is my goal to meet Dr. Michael Gervais. Probably not going to happen when you can't travel or see people, but I kind of wonder if I could like schedule like a a video video chat, chat, right? I think that's actually maybe more doable. Maybe I'll work on that. Like that's what I, because I was like, "Mm, like, let me think. Oh, drink 16 ounces of water upon waking every morning. I thought about this when you posted that about, um, Emily did one of her social media posts, Wellness Wednesday. Wellness Wednesday. Yep. And she was talking about how much water you have to drink in a day. And she said, you know, drink 16 ounces when you first wake up. And like the day after Emily posted that was my hundredth consecutive day. Wow, we didn't even try that. Of drinking water, 16 ounces of water when I wake up every morning. Do you think it has a positive effect? Yeah, I mean, I think like, okay, also it's like winter in Pennsylvania. Like I came back to Pennsylvania with a sunburn and it is cold here. So today was frigid. Not to make excuses but like it is always more difficult to drink water when it's cold outside so I feel like the starting my day with water like definitely helps because if I like end up 
running around and not drinking as much as I should during the day because it's cold and I don't want to drink water. Yeah. Um, then I'm like already setting myself up for a little bit more success. And also my water bottle is a half gallon water bottle, mm-hmm. which I think is the total amount that you have yeah. to drink in a day. And I usually drink. How big? How big is your water bottle? I mean, I know you just said the size, but I'm like, I don't remember seeing a gigantic water bottle. It's a jug. It's a jug. It's like it's called it's like, like the the gym jug. Of. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, drink that and you're set. Yeah. So um, yeah. Goals, connection. Good. Still can't go on dates. Like I already failed my go on one date a well, month. Well, I think you know we can let that slide because. Nobody's dating during I, Corona. I was talking to my friend, and he was like, you can just go on, like, a date for every month, like, once the world opens right. back up again. So, like, just have a marathon. Like, I have, I'm have, i going to have to have a date, like, every day for Perfect. seven days or something okay. like that. And I'm going to be your stylist. Wow. <laughs> I was thinking of doing breakfast dates, like, after I go to jujitsu in the morning. Sure. I mean, that'll work. Shower at the gym and meet them at Evergreen Cafe, which is right next yeah. door. Yeah, that's good too. Okay, then I'm not needed. It's a breakfast date. What do yeah. I wear to a breakfast date? Your kimono. <laughs> Wait, what do you? <laughs> it's not a kimono. It's a gi. a gi. I don't know why I said kimono. I think it might be another word for it. Actually, in, I don't know. Probably in some other martial art. It's. I don't know. We should just stop talking right now because I don't know what I'm saying. Do you know what? You know what you're gonna say next? It's three words. Books, books, books. Books, books, books. Slow it down. <laughs> really? Anyway. Um, okay, so books that I've been reading this month. I am almost done with The Art of Happiness by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, and Howard Cutler. And it's interesting because you read a quote from this on this week's meditation monday well we're like so in we're sync it's same, not e- yeah we're connected we are on because you posted level. about water and i drank 100 days worth of starting with water and i read out of the book that you're reading but also i had tagged that page because i wanted to say something about it but you already beat me to it so basically why don't you step in here for a moment and just recap that I don't even remember it. It's been... It was Monday. <laughs> it was Monday. Today is Saturday. Go, go watch the Instagram video. Yeah, go watch the Instagram. We're going to leave that a suspense so that you guys have to go and find the video. But anyways, yeah, it's crazy because I was going to talk about that. And then you talked about it so well that I feel like I don't need to. Um, but another point that I found interesting in this book was... Basically, they're talking about when you have, like, have a decision in front of you, uh, a good thing to ask is, will it bring me happiness? And not just, like, immediate, they, they kind of compare pleasure versus happiness, so pleasure is more of, like, an immediate kind of fix, right? Where happiness is, like, a lifelong striving towards something. Yeah. So, just when... When you're trying to decide what to do or, like, to eat that pint of ice cream or whatever, mm-hmm. like, is is this good for my long-term happiness? Right. Or, and not that there's anything wrong. I've done that, you know, but, like, just when you're having to make 
decisions involving your um, health, well-being, any of that, like, just try to take a more long-term approach and ask, will it bring me happiness? So I thought that was good. I've had a few coronavirus moments with the ice cream pints. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've had some, not that, but some other things where I'm like, I need this in my life. Yeah, I just want to feel comfortable right Right. now. (laughs) Comfort food is good. Um, So that's the book I've actually been reading. But then I have, I'm going to say read, but it's more like listened on Audible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so I think think we need to talk about this because to me, Audible is like a, a really good source to get more, I know it's not reading, but like to get more books into your life. Yes. Um, and I know Tyler's looking at me judgingly, but the thing is, is like, I'm still reading, actually reading yes. at night, but during the day I can't really read, but I can get through books that I wanted to read when I'm doing barn chores, when I'm driving, and I, I really enjoy it. I agree, and I okay. think it's great. I just don't think you're allowed to say, like, I read this book. Okay. I listened to this book. Right. And like, so I actually had this debate with another friend of um, Emily and mine's and she, her book goal for last year was to read as many books as would make up her height. Oh yeah. Like in thickness. And um, when we were talking about like how many books she had read, she's like, well, I listened to those on Audible. I'm like, those don't count as books that you've read because like the importance of reading is like, it does good stuff for your brain, right? Right. The actual process of reading. So I think while you're getting the information from an audible book, you're not getting the benefits as far as like brain memory, yada, yada, yada from audible. Right. Without actually reading. So I agree. I like it and I think it's good. And like, there are some people who are dyslexic and like can't read. Mm -hmm. Great. Audible's, fantastic resource yeah but i i just don't think you can be like this is a book that i've read i okay that's fair okay yeah fair totally fair so the books that i have listened to this month um the first one my first audible book ever i'd never done audible and then like one day i wanted to buy this book on amazon and then it was like oh get it for free on audible and i was like "Hmm, we'll try that you know for your first month or whatever and so the book is Get Out of Your Own Way by Dave Hollis, who is Rachel Hollis's husband. And like, so Rachel Hollis, she has written a couple New York Times bestsellers, um, Girl, Wash Your Face. She's oh. like a big uh, personal development guru. Yeah. So anyways, this is written by her husband. And the subtitle is A Skeptic's Guide to Growth and Fulfillment. And it was amazing. The introduction, like, when I started listening to the introduction, I was like, yes, I need this book. Like, everything just, like, resonated with me. And I don't know if it's just, like, my current situation. But, um, you know, it talks about, like, how... I don't want to give the book away, but he gives some, like, really personal, vulnerable stories, which makes it super relatable. And he's hilarious, like... The way he, you know, it's serious, but it's also really funny and entertaining. And he actually reads the book, so, like, you feel like you're really getting the story from him. Right. And um, 
the short description of the book is he has these like 20 lies that he told himself throughout his whole life and each chapter is one of those lies and then he basically like breaks down how he realized that those things weren't true yeah and like how he worked through it and he didn't really at the beginning believe in the whole self-help personal development even though his wife was like really super into it and he just thought it was like witchcraft's not the right word but just um like snake oil maybe that's a better word I don't know what that is I've never heard that before you know a snake oil salesman uh-uh never they're selling you like stuff that doesn't actually work basically okay. so anyway really good I think anyone can relate to this because it just it's all about um struggle and like if you're human you struggle yeah. so I, it was good like highly highly suggest that book and then the one that I'm reading sorry listening to now it's <laughs> called more myself by Alicia Keys and I like this is probably not a book that I would have chosen but I heard an interview with her on on purpose with Jay Shetty mm-hmm. and the interview was just like so interesting to me and I didn't like, I like Alicia Keys' music, and um, I've always appreciated that part of her, but on the interview, it was just, like, a very, like, she's, she's super deep and spiritual, and there was a lot that I, I wanted to know more about. So I'm listening to that, and it's beautifully written, and it's really fun to listen to because she narrates it, and then she also... Um, like sings part of her songs and uh, in the story and so that's cool and then there's guest appearances like Jay-Z and Bono where they like talk about Alicia and so it's just I think this is a really good one to listen on Audible just because like if you're reading it in a book it's not gonna be the same thing well and I will say like um I read a book last year called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins mm-hmm. and I read the book and then I also listened to it on Audible and the Audible was a different experience than reading because um, they were doing like a little mini podcast after each episode to like talk with David Goggins about like what was going through his head while nice. he was writing the chapters and stuff. So I will say there's definitely a place for um, Audible and like different, it's a different learning experience yeah for sure um so yeah those are two good listens if you are already on audible and looking for something to listen to so tyler what books have you actually read (laughs) (laughs) read the pages held in your hand what yeah i mean i and i i read like i i buy my books on thrift books what we should just like be sponsored by all of these audible masterclass um thrift books um, but anyways, I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I've read a few of Tim Ferriss's books before, the year before last. And um, he's like one of the high performer mm-hmm. angle investors. Um, and while I don't think that any life with horses will ever last only four hours a week. <laughs> yeah, like impossible. <laughs> It is a good resource to just kind of, like, think about, like, how you're structuring your time and, like, what you want mm-hmm. out of your life as far as what you're doing. Um, the biggest message that, like, I took from it is 
the idea that you have to work harder to achieve more is not necessarily a truth. And like I found that in a lot of the high performance books, like, you know, you think that you have to work really, really, really hard all the time, but that's actually what causes people to burn out. Um, Whereas it's working smarter. And one of the principles is the 80-20 principle. 20% of our efforts produce 80% of our results. So where can we cut out some of the fluff and really focus on that 20% that's going to create the biggest effect? So instead of being completely spent because you're running around all the time trying to get everything done, Mm -hmm. that's not actually paying off. Figure out what you do that creates results and focus on that. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that we need to focus on on, in the horse world a little bit too. Yeah, for sure. I like that. I have been, I've heard about that book and I'd like to read it. So I can let you borrow it for sure. I'll wipe it down with Lysol and bring it over. (laughs) Just the way I like it. Another book that I picked up was The Champion's Mind, How Great Athletes Think, Train, and Thrive by Jim Aphromau. And this is one of the very first sports psychology books I um, read, which was in the fall of 2016, because I remember vividly. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're having some distractions on our end, but we're okay. Keep going. <laughs> there might be some boys on a sofa playing video games, so it's fine. Um, Anyways, okay. How the champion's mind, how great athletes think, turn, and thrive. I I read it in the fall of 2016, and I remember because I was at the one-star championships at the Kentucky Horse Park um, with one horse grooming, and it was, like, one of my first big trips. Like, Mm -hmm. we drove out to Kentucky with this one horse from Maryland, um... And I just, I remember having a little break, sitting in the chair, reading it and being like, this is my future, like grooming and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And the quote that I pulled from it is, it's not every four years, it's every day, the motto of the U.S. Olympic team. Mm -hmm. And like that kind of is what propelled me through probably the next four years. Um, Right. (laughs) 20. Yeah, four years. I read it in 2016, and the Olympics were supposed to be this year. And so now you're just gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wait, on wait one more yeah. year. But um, it was definitely what made me appreciate like the hard work that goes into every day, and um, it's uh, it's kind of funny and like sentimental for me too. I actually never finished the book the first time that oh. I read it around first read around whatever yeah um so I read all the way through it this time and definitely I'm like okay like all of this is starting to make sense to me and it was a little bit of a celebration to myself because I got accepted into a doctoral program in sports psychology which is completely online so I'm gonna try to figure out everything that I do in my life and pursuing that slowly as well um so pretty pumped about that um Some really great quotes from this book. Realize that the world is full of experts who have been proven wrong. If you want to find someone to doubt you or locate a cynic, the search won't take long or be difficult. Believe in yourself, even if you are the only one who believes in you. 
And I feel like that's... That ties into my word. It does tie into your word. And it also ties into, like, little Tyler, who, like, drove out to Kentucky with one one one-star horse in 2016, (laughs) saying, I'm going to groom at the Olympics, and, like, now I have, like, a barn full of horses that are trying, you know? We're doing everything that we can, you know? Um, Okay, so... Another quote... On the flip side, be open to be proven wrong. Readjust your mental framework based on new information. And that's like a little snippet, but I just feel like all the time you have to be ready to be proven wrong. Yeah. Especially in horses. (laughs) Um, Especially then. Don't be intimidated by the impossibility. Be motivated by the possibility. So that's like as far as when you're looking at someone... And you're like, wow, that like seems impossible. Don't say it like that. Be like, wow, that's possible and I can't wait to get there. Definitely. Um, Tension is who you think you should be. Relaxation is who you are. So I think like not forcing things. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. So those were some fun quotes. And then I just read this book last week and I'm really excited about it. I think everyone should put it on their list. Yeah. Um, It was called Mistakes Were Made, But Not By Me. Why We Justify Foolish Beliefs, Bad Decisions, and Hurtful Acts by Carol Tarvis and Elliot Aronson. Difficult last names to pronounce. I don't know if I pronounced those correctly. Um, But this book is all about cognitive dissonance, which is... Um, basically when you hold two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or value, and you do something that goes against like who you think you are as a person. Yeah. Um, and so it's all about like justifies why people think that they've been abducted by aliens. Um, there was a whole section on, you know, like wrongly, accused victims and then people like realize that they're wrong but instead of saying oh man I messed up yeah you just force yourself into this hole of like I have to be right I have to be right um and it was just like the human nature in it was right shake shook me that sounds good yeah I read it in four days so it was good apparently (laughs) yeah it was really good nice all right. Well, I think that was a pretty thorough books, books, books section. I've had some time to read. We have. <laughs> and listen. And listen. And listen. So, on to the main topic. And anything goes is the main topic. <laughs> Which we've already been doing. So, yeah. welcome to the episode. <laughs> yep. It's just completely just whatever comes up. We're going with it. I'm going to read the first question and you're going to answer it. Okay, that's aggressive. (laughs) You are going to answer it. This is happening. Okay. Okay. Um, How do you cope when your riding has been put on hold due to the coronavirus? That is... I guess that probably should have been my question for riding. No, I mean, it's okay. I can do it because, you know, like, I'm the psychologist here. I'm not an actual psychologist, disclaimer. Not yet. In a couple years, I will be certified. Um, but yes, how to put, how to cope. Obviously, like, riding horses, like, that's your hobby, that's your outlet, and you don't have your outlet now. So I think it's really important to 
find something that can be your outlet. Mm -hmm. Like find a way to make an hour of your day about you something that's going to make you happy. And instead of dwelling on the fact that you cannot see your horse, figure out something that you can be excited to do. Because if you're, you know, if you're just like dwelling, oh, like this is what I can't do. It's very negative. So you kind of have to flip it into a positive light. I mean, it's just like if you're injured, you know, you can't use your arm. Wow, that sucks. Like if you, you know, want to work on pull-ups at the gym. Yeah. Okay, well, you can't do pull-ups, but what what can you do with your legs? You can bike, you can squat, you know, you can do all these things. So what are the things that you can do? Yeah, and I think it's a time to, like, explore things that you have, like, thought about doing, but then, like, don't have the time, right? But now maybe you do have the time. So start exploring, get creative, do something different, you know? Absolutely. So, um, I think you were saying how it's kind of similar to, like, when you're injured and you can't do some of the things you want, right? Yeah. So that ties into our other question, which is how to deal with PTSD after a fall where you couldn't get back on because of a major injury. Right, which is interesting because I was thinking about it and all of these people who cannot see their horses right now, like you're going an extended period of time, which, you know, could be the same amount of time that you might be out for an injury. So while you haven't had the trauma necessarily, it is still like, okay, like how do I get my sea legs back? Yeah. And I think it's really important in those situations to not have too high expectations of like where you should be. Like, especially if you've had a, you know, fall that that's a traumatic experience and you kind of need to like give it the weight that it deserves so don't expect to get on the first day and go like 110 percent give yourself a light day go on a hack with a friend like don't put too much pressure on like make sure that it's going to be a positive experience yeah so that you can set yourself up for success yes yeah and um you know the other thing that you can do is like visualize positive outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. So I I feel I've had a couple falls like that are just ingrained into my brain. Do you have those where like you can just oh, like yeah. like when I broke my collarbone, I still can like imagine it and almost feel it like oh gosh. I, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Have that. And mine like one of the reasons that I first got into sports psychology in in the first place was at my very first training three day I fell off at the first steeplechase fence. I think we've all heard this story a couple times. I now. know, but <laughs> what if they haven't heard the story? Exactly, it is a good. It's a, there's some good learning. But from that. what I'm what I want to say about that is that fall was so ingrained into my brain and like all I saw when I saw a steeplechase fence was like my horse propping and me falling on the ground. Yeah. And so I had to go the next year to do that same jump again. Yeah. And so I was, I had to find it in me to visualize myself making it to the other side of the jump. And I mean, it was an incredible feeling once I actually got it, but it was a year, a year of just like thinking about falling at that, at fence. that fence. Yeah. 
kind of just stewing in that thought yeah. for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, like, as much as you can get out of that trap to, like, relive whatever traumatic experience you've been through mm. is super important. Definitely. I totally agree. Um, continuing on, this is still related to the virus. Uh-huh. Um, Kristen says, because of this stupid virus, I cannot see my horse until the end of May, most likely. Is there anything I can do, like visualization or meditation or putting on riding clothes and walking around the house to keep my riding skills up? I mean, if putting on riding clothes makes you happy, you do that. Like, clean the house in your riding clothes. Put on the helmet. Carry around a whip. Whatever you want. Like, just... I support it. Do it. I've been wearing my jujitsu gi around as much as I can, really. Yeah. So... So, whatever makes you comfortable. Um, but I think... As far as visual, sorry, visualization goes, um, I guess it's not technically visualization, but watching, you know, YouTube videos of riders that you're, you look up to, um, can be really helpful. There's a ton of stuff now, like everybody's trying to put out more content so that, uh, people have things to do. So a lot of the USCA, USCF, they're re-streaming different events, you know, so you can feel like you're competing. Again, kind of learning from watching others can be helpful. Uh, and then just trying to do some exercises that are going to work the muscles that will help you when you get back in the saddle. So doing a lot of core work can be helpful. I, I have this go-to uh, video on YouTube. It's by Jessica Volant Pilates and it's posture for Pilates or Pilates posture. I don't remember, but it really works on like stretching, making you stretch up through your core and just strengthening all the muscles there. And I, you know, I found it super helpful in my dressage and I know you won't be able to ride for a while, but maybe if you do some of that and just get that in check once you get back on the horse it's gonna you may even feel better than you used to I don't know yeah and I think that's a a good point with the exercising as well to be made is that um one of the ways that you can like really connect the circle back is to you know like as you're engaging certain muscles visualize those muscles as you use them on a horse Mm -hmm. as well and be like okay well like I need this muscle to be stronger because you know like that's exactly how I use the inside leg yeah you know to ask my horse to move sideways and as you're doing an exercise that's engaging that muscle really connect with that experience of what you do on your horse so that you can think about being in the yeah I'm trying to like relate because like you know I'm I'm kind of going through the same thing with my jujitsu right now of like trying yeah. to find a way to find do it a way to actually doing do it, it without a person yeah. and it's like okay well like I'm moving this way and 
you know, there's no person here, but when there is. And so with horseback riding, I mean, yeah, maybe you could ride your stick pony broom around the house. But totally (laughs) random, but I'm looking at my kitchen stools right now and I was like, you can straddle that. (laughs) Okay. Keep it PG, Emily. You can sit on that like you would on a saddle. Okay. And you could like, that would totally work. You could, because my kitchen stools are tall enough, like your leg would hang down like it would be on a horse. And you could practice applying like your leg and seat aids like you would if you were riding and shifting your body. Emily has been nominated to make this as (laughs) next week's Fitness Friday video. (laughs) I brought this upon myself. Okay, it's happening. All right. So those are things. Those are things. Those are things. Next question. Conditioning the horse and human, exclamation point. Not a question. But what what have you, have you changed Barry's conditioning work right now? Uh, yeah, we've definitely cut back. You know, he's still in full work six days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just, we still do the basic conditioning, but it's just toned down. So... I used to, just for example, on Mondays I would jog 25 and flat, but now I'm jogging 20 and flatting. Okay. And like Tuesdays I would either um, have a jump day or have like a flat and canter day. Um, So twice a week I'll jump usually, but... Now, because of this, we're jumping more small Cavaletti rideability exercises, and then I'm throwing in like one day of cantering, just like slow canters up this track that we have. And then on Saturdays, I still do a bit of a gallop, not like a hard gallop, but I'll go up the track two, three times, um, where usually we would be going for like a five star, we'd be going five, six times. So we're cutting it back. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, we're still kind of uncertain. Yeah. Like, you don't want to lose the fitness. And Philip said, you know, we don't need to add more fitness, but we need to, like, maintain the level that we're at. And luckily, Barry got quite fit in Aiken because he had a few good runs. So, like, if I can just kind of maintain it and I don't need to up it, just, yeah. Awesome. What about yourself? Like, what have... Have you changed anything in the way that you condition yourself right now, or? Not really. Um, Because I know you had gotten a lot more into, like, Pilates, which is a little bit more higher intensity than yoga. Are you still able to do that on your own, or? I, like, there's lots of good videos on YouTube, but I've actually done more yoga, especially this month, because there's this... um, instructor that I follow and she was doing this 30-day yoga challenge for the month of April and so I've been doing that as my workout every day like she releases a new video so I've been doing yoga haven't really been doing Pilates um but I still think that's really important but I, I guess I'm trying to slow it down and not be too hard on my body give it some time to to heal from all that riding yeah for sure um, what about your thoughts on going green in the equestrian world? Yes. So, I guess 
you know, we're seeing a shift in not just the equestrian world, but I think the the world in general. Like people are starting to understand the effects of not to get too deep down this rabbit hole, but like factory farming and you know the use the over reliance on animal products whether we're eating them whether we're like wearing them or putting them on saddles or whatever and some of the saddle companies have started to uh do like a vegan leather and i've actually i sat in a devaku saddle that was their vegan leather and so it's actually made out of cork and it's really interesting it's a beautiful saddle because you see like the cork pattern a oh, bit. It's, it's actually really That actually cool. sounds really cool. Um, and it's very light. And the other thing is it's completely waterproof because it's cork. So your saddle could get like poured on and it's good to go. I kind of like that. I do too. Um, so I Trying to get keep, the funds together. Well, no, I shouldn't keep talking because I'm sponsored by Antares. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Antares, maybe you should think about doing a vegan leather saddle. But... Yeah, no, that that was really cool. So I think that's fun to see that like people are starting to be more aware of Even that. Jenny's sponsored by Devaku. I know. See if you can get her a cork saddle. All right, I'm gonna try. Yeah. Um, so that's a. I think that's a helpful way to start going a bit more green. I really do think that horse shows should start figuring out ways to reduce plastic water bottles because that is one thing that drives me crazy at horse shows. It's yeah. like everybody's just drinking plastic water bottles all day. And, like, we love that the events give the competitors, like, food and water, and I'm not complaining. I think that's great, but maybe we could do it in a more sustainable way. Like, maybe one of the prizes – or not prizes, but when you go to big events, they have goodie bags. Maybe they give you, like, a reusable water bottle, and then they have – Fill stations. Fill stations. Yeah. Like that would just, that would make a huge impact. Which actually they have, um, they have those at Rebecca Farm. There was like oh, little cool. like stations that you could go up to fill up your water bottle. Um, so I think that's helpful. Also just planning ahead. Like when I go to horse shows, I take my big water bottles and I make sure I bring multiples so that say I'm, it's an away show, um, and I'm staying at a hotel, I can just like fill up my water before I go to the show and then I have water all day. Um, yeah, what are your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, with anything, there's a lot of waste. Um, there's something here, like, about supplement containers in the question. And, you know, um, I know when we have the big bucket supplement containers, mm-hmm. like, our farriers are always looking for buckets to drop their hot shoes in. So yeah. I, I make sure to save those and give them to that give them to them so they're actually like having a second life um but I think just being really mindful of everything I was actually um one of my friends the other day said the whole paper products shortage has made them more mindful of you know how many things they usually use a paper towel for that you could actually use a rag or a sponge right um and like I think in the barn there's just a lot of like little things like that that you don't realize the areas that you're being wasteful. Yeah. I think another thing is you can buy products in bulk or bigger sizes so that you're like not using so many little bottles. Um, for example, 
uh, we use rubbing alcohol quite a lot. And you can buy, like, you could go to Walmart and they just sell, like, the little kind of rubbing alcohols. Or you can buy this big, like, gallon of alcohol, which, you know, there's a lot less waste if you're buying the bigger version and then refilling a container that you have. And, or, like, fly spray, you know, buy the concentrated stuff and then mix it with water into a container that you already have instead of constantly, like, buying a new bottle. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think those are simple things that shouldn't be too hard to apply. I um, like it. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit on going green. We also had another question, and it says, I know you talked um, about relationships in an episode, but if you could have a deeper focus on the business side of a barn or a rider's career, sponsorships, syndicates, contracts, um, written or verbal agreements etc that would be helpful so um i know tyler you wanted to talk on this point yeah um for my experience like i'm with jenny brannigan and she we actually have the company athletics is managing a lot of that for us so um that is a really really great resource because they're kind of like okay look like riders need to focus on being riders like let us help with the sponsorship contracts and so that's been really great because now like I as a groom have access to them and so when I need you know new fly sheets or new you know saddle you know anything that I need I can go through this company Mm -hmm. to work with our sponsors and they know our deals and they're helping us making sure we're promoting on social media and there's a whole lot that goes into it and athletics actually does a blog and they um, it's a great company. Yeah, Frankie's awesome. Frankie is awesome. Yeah. And they share a lot of information about educating people on that. So I would definitely kind of, not that I don't want to answer this question fully, but I kind of want to redirect you to there because um, that company's great friends of ours. And, you know, I think that they're doing a really incredible job as far as the education and management of all of that is concerned. For sure. And I'll touch a little bit on, like, the relationship with clients in the barn, um, just because, you know, starting my new business, I've had to write up boarding contracts and um, just some other expectations, guidelines. I think it is really helpful if people know exactly what they're getting um, and, like, what their money is going towards. Because let's face it, like, horses are expensive and boarding is expensive and lessons and all of that. So the more clear you can be and explain, like, what the people are getting for their money, I think the easier it is for them to swallow that. Um, so, like, for example, when I wrote up my boarding contract, it's X amount per day, you know, day rate, Um, And then I break down, like, what that money's going towards. So X goes towards renting the stall. X goes, or Y, or X, 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 X. X X goes to the stall rent. Y goes to hay grain straw. You know, Z goes to taking care of the horse, you know. So I've gotten positive feedback about that because they're like, oh, that makes sense why the rate is what it is. You know, so that can be helpful. Um, Also, just really communicating 
with your clients about things that are happening in the barn. Um, you know, having having it be transparent and all of that. I keep a whiteboard where I write any updates, you know, vet farrier, whatever is going on. Um, and also this is this is a little tip that I just started implementing. <laughs> it's a tip for myself. <laughs> well, maybe that's not I created this. Okay. I didn't actually create this, okay. but I so I don't know if anybody has used the Calendly app, but it's basically a scheduling app and you can it's super helpful. I used it when I was scheduling um, my podcast interview with Sonia Looney. And you basically go, someone sends, so say you want to schedule a lesson with me. I'll send you a link to my Calendly page. And then you can see my availability. And then you can choose whatever availability you want, like whatever time slot you want. So then that time slot gets booked out. I get a notification on my phone. You get notifications on your phone. It's like super clear. Um, and it's nice because like that's the only way I have people book lessons. So there's no confusion. At the beginning of the day, I'll look at my app and be like, okay, I have this, this, and this. And like, it's clear if they cancel, I get a notification. It just like makes it easy. So for trainers out there, I found it really useful. Revolutionary. I know. I didn't actually create it, but I have implemented it in the horse world. Implemented. Yeah. I'm so, proud of you. moving on. Um, shall I read this one? <laughs> I was going to, go, but you, you seem to be no, like talking over there. Talking. You're just like. <laughs> I'm on a roll. I'm getting to that like slap Welcome happy to stage. the whole equestrian. <laughs> this is Emily Hamill and Emily Hamill. Anyway, okay, go. Uh, Jess asks, since a lot of us are working from home now, what are your go-to snacks? My home office is at my dining room table, which is dangerously close to the refrigerator. That, yeah, oh, proximity God. to the food is, that's, I, yeah. that's hard. Yeah, Emily and I are really happy to still be going to the barn every day and yes. not stuck next to the refrigerator. Yeah. But if you were, Emily, what would your go-to snack be? Um, I love hummus. I was going to say hummus. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> beat you to it. So, hummus and... Carrots, like, right? I, carrots. Yes, carrots, celery, peppers. Also, I like tortilla chips with them because I love the supremely spicy hummus. Okay. So good. Yeah. With tortilla chips if I want to be a little bit bad. Otherwise, if I'm trying to be really good... I go with the veggies. See, I was going to say carrots with hummus, so I think I get the whole equestrian nutrition star. Sure. Okay. If we're going to be competitive like that. Um, other go-to snacks. I um, I like bananas with peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Ooh, on a rice cake. Oh. I, I haven't... Like bananas, peanut butter on a rice Like you cake? do a rice cake, you put some peanut oh, butter, and then like you slice that. up a banana. That sounds pretty great. It's pretty great. Sometimes I even add some like um, flaxseed meal on top, which yes. sounds weird, but it's really tasty. No, I love flax. I put that on everything. Yeah, so like I do the peanut butter, flax, then the banana mm -hmm. on top of a rice cake. That is a great snack. Fruit, like raspberries, berries. Yep, just grab a handful of that. Avocado toast. Yes. Um, 
like sprinkled with some sort of seed. Yes. It's good, like hemp seed. Um, yeah. Not vegan, but um, I love doing like the little like meat roll ups. You put like take a little meat and you just roll it up. Yeah, some... I'm not going there, but no. <laughs> anybody that wants to, I suppose that's not bad. Put a little cream cheese inside the meat roll up. A little roast that red pepper. That doesn't very very healthy. Tonic. Cream cheese is not that terrible for you mm-hmm. as long as you're eating it in moderation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can go with that. You could also roll some meat up around a vegetable. I actually love um, roasted red peppers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Mm, I'm getting hungry. So those are a few ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next question also relates to food. Um, Chloe asks, what's your favorite fast food restaurant and thing to order there? Are you going, I have to answer this oh, I first? Oh, I can answer first. I'm ready. Okay, so my favorite fast food would be like a Qdoba or a Moe's um, or Chipotle. I actually don't like Chipotle that much. I'm yeah. definitely more of a Moe's or a Qdoba kind of girl. And I will get one of those giant burritos, like big as your head burritos, fill it with rice, black beans, all the veggies, guacamole, salsa. I don't do any of the dairy, but like, oh, so good. And that, I mean, that's not really fast food. I mean, that's my kind of fast yeah, food. Yeah, but I like, can't... if you had to eat at a fast food restaurant, like a, like I'm going through a drive through to get this meal, what are you getting? Fast, like actual fast food restaurants are like near impossible for vegans. Oh, except I haven't tried it, but what I would, let's just say what I would possibly want to get would be the Impossible Burger at Burger King. Because okay. people have talked about it and I've had Impossible Burgers, but I would like to see what a fast food vegan burger tastes like. I like it. That's. That's my answer. What about you? Okay, so I'm going to take a little bit of a blast from the past here because I want to talk about how far I've come from my college years. But I used to be a Taco Bell fanatic. (gasps) Oh, okay, yes, go. You do love Taco Bell. I do love Taco Bell. I forgot about that. They do have a vegetarian menu. Go ahead. Okay, so Crunchwrap Supremes from Taco Bell used to be my one true love and I actually was a vegetarian in college so I would get the Crunchwrap Supreme with beans instead of meat Um, and then one beautiful time Taco Bell came out with Taco Bell breakfast (laughs) and they have an AM Crunchwrap which is like a, a tortilla pocket with eggs and cheese and I was a vegetarian so I would not get the meat um and the crunchy part of the crunch wrap was hash browns. And like this girl is a sucker wow. for hash browns. And actually the very last thing that I ate with gluten in it was an AM crunch wrap. Like <laughs> Dr. Joy called me and she was like, Tyler, I got your test results back and I'm shoving this crunch wrap in your mouth. And she's like, you have celiac disease and I'm taking a few more bites. And she's like, you can never eat gluten again. And I finished my like, AM crunch wrap. Yeah. And uh, then I uh, <laughs> then I became gluten free, and so I can't really eat anything at Taco Bell anymore. I eat uh, um, 
they have like a Baja bowl that's like rice and beans and stuff like in a pinch. Like it is it's yeah. also very difficult to eat fast food with celiac disease. And to be honest, like fast food is kind of repulsive to me now. Yes, actually keep talking. I'm going to grab, there's this book that has this quote and I need to read it because it's a perfect time. Okay, um, so if I do have to eat fast food, it would be Chick-fil-A because they have grilled chicken nuggets that oh, are just... lemonade is good too. Okay, I don't, I, I usually don't drink the lemonade, but the grilled chicken nuggets is basically yeah. just like grilled chicken and I love their honey mustard sauce. Yes, agreed. So to close out this um, question... I, I came across this quote, and I just think it's perfect. So, you are what you eat, so don't be fast, cheap, easy, or fake. That is on the wall of my favorite restaurant, Bole, in oh, yeah? Florida. I yes. I love that. I was like, this is amazing. Bole is like a Chipotle-style restaurant, but it's like... 100% gluten-free and it's got vegetable you pick two different vegetables you pick your base which is like sweet potato noodles jasmine rice kale Ooh. salad and then you get to pick your protein which they have tofu but nice. I get shrimp and chicken and oh my god bole is amazing okay okay and now for our final question I'd be interested in hearing about what Emily and Tyler envision for their lives in their 40s 50s and so on have often thought that when I listen to them now, they sound like me before kids and how much harder the readjustment for us who tend to aim for high achievement structure and hygiene so much. Okay. Do you so, want to have kids, Emily? I personally do not. Um, I, I do like kids, but I also like to give them back to their parents. That's great, so, right? And also, when I do something, I like to give it my full attention and I feel like I am not willing to give a child my full attention that sounds horrible but like that's also knowing yourself right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, I am not prepared to do that so who knows maybe that would change down the line you know I'm getting up there so I probably either need to have kids now or not but I'm getting pre-made ones for sure yeah I was like I could possibly adopt in the future <laughs> but most likely not having children. That's my husband sits in the couch next oh, to us. That's great. Yeah, I definitely want pre-made kids, like whether I foster them or my other theory is that I'm going to be someone's second wife and like... Oh, and just come in. I'll be like children. this. I'll be a great... <laughs> come into children. You know, like... that's golden all right so um, what else is for your 40s and 50s though what do you see yourself doing and being and um well obviously horses are always going to be part of my life uh but I'm sure that that like, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to change the the way that I am involved with them is going to change um currently I just want to compete to the best of my ability um I 
that going for at least another 10 years or so. Yeah. And then, um, you know, focusing more on teaching, giving back, volunteering, like maybe being involved in the organizations that run the shows, um, that sort of thing. <laughs> and doing hopefully more with this, but who knows? The whole equestrian is going to be a national standard. Yeah. Um, and I also have another business idea in the works that, you know, maybe that will turn into something eventually. I'm very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So what about you, Tyler? Um, well, 40s, Tyler is going to be a doc, Dr. Held, mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. belt in jiu-jitsu, stepmom, Olympic. <laughs> Second wife, stepmom. Olympic groom. Olympic groom. Um, no, I just like really want to find a way to stay involved in the sport as much as I can throughout my life with the realization that it might not be the all day, every day grind. Yeah. Um, but I think that there are people that I really look up to. Um, currently, the USCA president, Max Corcoran, right now, She's like amazing. she groomed for Karen O'Connor for nine or ten years. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's still, like, I went, when I went to Bookalow, she was grooming for some Matt Flynn over there. And so she still gets to do this, like, job. And she does things like organize events. (laughs) Emily, (laughs) we just can't stop laughing about coming into children. (laughs) Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think like that that's kind of my vision, like trying to continue to make this sport as best as possible through with my knowledge of sports psychology and horse care and management. Love it. With my stepchildren. Okay, so <laughs> the next section we usually do is listener questions, but pretty much this whole episode is listener questions, so... Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So we then that. the section that we usually do after that is called um, actionable advice. But luckily we're doing daily actionable advice on our Instagram and sometimes Facebook accounts. It's been weird linking. It's been spotty. T- been spotty linking to the Facebook. But definitely go to Instagram because we're doing Instagram TV videos every single day in April. Yes, so check it out for hashtag alliteration April. Okay, so what's next? Who, who knows? Who knows? We really don't. We just are along for the ride. Your guess is as good as ours, but keep keep trucking away. Keep working at your goals because you got to be ready. Yep, you got to be ready. We're all in this together. We're going to get through. Life will go back to normal in some way, shape, or form at some point in mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, what other one other thing that we would like to do in the future is start having experts on our show as guests and people that tie into our four pillars, so mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Uh, We have some people in mind, but if you have any suggestions, we would love to hear it. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, please email us at thewholeequestrian at gmail.com. We hope that you enjoyed this um, Anything Goes episode. Really, anything goes in this episode. Truly. So, um, at least... You know, 
I hope there was some enjoyment in that. So yeah, break up the day at least. Yep. Good laugh here and there. Um, we always appreciate feedback. Reach out to us on social media. We always read our messages and respond to our listeners. It's one of our favorite things about doing this. So check us out. Go to theholoquestrian.com. Um, I'm going to work on another blog post to get out soon. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. And uh, I think that's yeah, that's a wrap, Emily. Thank you so much for listening. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride. Come into children. <laughs>